I don't <coughs> kind of coughing up a lung, but other than that, pretty good. Jeez. Getting sick? No, it's just, well, I don't know. I may have been, it may be the mold. It may just be what the kiddo gave me sticking around. I'm not sure. Yeah. Either way, right. it sucks. Since we are To another live version of the HLS podcast over here on twitch.tv slash for little sons. As always, you can subscribe to us over on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podbean, and of course, you can always find us at our home at herlittlesons.com. Come join us on Discord, that is our live chat channel. Go to di- herlittlesons.com slash Discord. Email the show podcast at herlittlesons.com. Shane, we are officially back into it. How are you doing? In classic fashion, you know, just us stumbling over our words and getting all shake out. It's great. Now, it's good to be back, man. I'm just excited, especially considering how the season's starting. I mean, can we, can we have a better start to a season? Yeah, we. I, it, I'm extremely excited. I'm pumped. Uh, if you're with us over on Twitch, you see we're having our own version of game day live here on the quad. I got my... Well, almost being taken out by my green screen, the Muck Fishigan shirt is in play. <laughs> I'm like transparent now. It's it is. Weird. That's weird. Yeah, this is not green. I guess it's taking enough of the yellow. Uh, yeah. Good thing I didn't wear a yellow shirt. That <laughs> floating <laughs> head. <laughs> yes, and you can hear me coughing. I'm playing a little bit hurt right now. I've been unable to shake this thing. I don't know whether it's a kid, the damn mold I found in my house or what, but it has not been fun as of late. But I am excited. I am ready. We have so much news to catch up on. Of course, yeah. we got Notre Dame, Michigan as well. Uh, Shane, are you ready just to head on into it? Because I'm ready to get rolling. I am pumped. I'm pumped, and there's a lot, so we we should get rolling. Let's go ahead and get into it. There is. Now, Eddie and I referenced the first story. Now, if you haven't been with us first, we like to cover news stories from across the nation. We look at the week as a whole. We're going to do that again. We're going to have a little bit of a different twist, but we'll talk about that a little bit later at the end. But we're going to talk about some of the major news stories, and the biggest one by far, or or really the biggest conference that's having these is the Big Ten, because they got multiple headlines out there. Of course, the biggest one surrounding Urban Meyer, Zach Smith in particular, Brett McMurphy blowing the whole thing up. We've got, I mean, this story has got everything from disgusting domestic abuse to an absolute shit stain of a human being acting like he's done nothing wrong. And Tom Herman's apparently an anonymous source that was at a strip club during a recruiting trip while at Ohio State. (laughs) Where where were you going? Where would you like to start? <laughs> um, college football. Um, yeah, I, there's. There, where do you begin? I mean, for I think you have to, in terms of considering the story, you have to start with Brett McMurphy, right? Who broke the story um, when he, he he was in communication with Zach Smith's wife, um, who revealed that Urban Meyer's wife was in communication with her regarding all of these things. And again, if you, if you're not familiar, I mean, to to put it to put it quite quickly, 
uh, Zach Smith, uh, a now fired wide receivers coach at Ohio State, uh, you know, with the allegations that came about about his domestic violence uh, against his wife, Courtney Smith. Um, Urban Meyer apparently knew about it as far back as 2009, um, or at least was aware of character concerns about this coach and was made aware of this particular uh, allegation in 2015. Uh, He was allowed to stay on staff. There was nothing done. And then Urban Meyer had to apologize. He was put on leave, came back, and now he's serving for all of his promises and all of his wrongdoings, a whopping three-game suspension. Um, Well, hold on. Suspension. Yeah, suspension, (laughs) you know. Um, and now it, 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 the story has now devolved. And I think that's the point that we're at now. So this, the, everything has been, I guess, investigated to whatever extent Ohio State was going to investigate their own head coach and their own football program. But now you have Zach Smith out there. I mean, just today, losing his mind on Twitter. Yeah, and I, I got that guy blocked. And all I saw, it was like right after lunch, all of a sudden it was tweet not available, tweet not available, because he just went on uh, apparently a gigantic tirade, which I'm glad I missed the majority of that. From what little I saw, it was not worth actually seeing. Not but, at all. But yeah, and the reason I did suspension earlier in the air quotes for those of you that are visually watching this thing is because here's how the suspension is going to break down. For the incredible, tough, stellar match matchup that's coming up between Ohio State and Oregon State, Meyer cannot be at practices. He cannot coach during the game. The next two weeks where Big Ten conference play starts early, granted it's against Rutgers, but you also got TCU. He can be at practice, but he can't be at the game. And it's weird because Tulane's in week four. So, I mean, they, they could have really stretched that bullshit into four games. Um, but it's really not much of a suspension and it's why I ended up sticking with Ohio state to win the big 10, because as much as I think it's an absolute disaster and absolute circus going on in Columbus right now, Mm. if they still got Meyer at the helm, I think there's going to be enough to rally around the troops there. And it's almost like that's, that's a side note to all this craziness right now, because I may end up being wrong. If Zach Smith can't keep his damn mouth shut and he keeps being this gigantic distraction, uh, this could continue to get worse. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no, at this point he's, he's, he's become such a loose cannon um, that you have to imagine not only is the gravity of the story enough to make it per, you know, permeate through the season uh, because, you know, anytime there's going to be media coverage, anytime they're on television, it's going to be brought up. But on top of that distraction, this guy still exists and he is still Mm -hmm. actively trying to make everyone's lives difficult including his own wife. I mean, at this point, he's he's using his children as a shield on Twitter. Yeah, and that's so it's, shitty. It's, it's despicable. It's utterly garbage. Um, so it, you, you may be right. The Ohio State may most likely win the Big Ten. But this may create enough of a weirdness in their dynamic that they may go nine and three. You know what I mean? Who knows? The, the college football is a weird enough sport in that way. Yeah, and, and it's weird with all the craziness. You, you forget that Courtney Smith is a victim in all this, or, well, yep. really, you don't forget. It, it's now kind of being swept to the side. It, it, it's, you know, it's really the era we are in with news coverage. It's You have so much ancillary shit that goes on in the periphery that it's easy to lose focus of what's going on because, like today, not only does Zach Smith lose his damn mind on Twitter and everybody latches onto it, you have it getting confirmed that Tom Herman was with Zach Smith spending, I yeah. think it was like 600 bucks at a strip club. So then that becomes a headline. It's like, well, hold on. 
you still beat the crap out of your wife. Like none yeah, of this shit changed. Nope. And, and like, like I said, that that's what kind of is getting lost in all this. It, it, and it's crazy that as you would have thought people would have learned that the cover up is worse from the crime, especially with everything that happened in Baylor. And I don't mm-hmm. want to equate one awful thing with another awful thing. Yeah. Uh, but it was really weird that, you know, Ohio State's like, all right, let's do an investigation. Let's round up the wagons and then basically slap everybody on the hand. Yeah. We just don't do it again. We've learned nothing. We've yeah. learned absolutely nothing. And it, it drives me mad. And it, it goes to show. And, and this is why I, I think a lot of people, when I taught Notre Dame and I mentioned that, hey, we're playing a different game than everybody else. It's shit like this. Mm. I mean, because you want to try to have any kind of moral standards at all, while we're a school that will report people for academic improprieties and then watch our best season in the modern era get (laughs) absolutely vacated. Yeah. They're like, well, you know, we really don't want to lose Meyer. We're okay with jettisoning Trestle for lying to the NCAA, but we're cool with Meyer lying to the media because, and this is incredible. He wasn't prepared to answer the question. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta Are you be kidding? fucking kidding me. Yeah. No. And, and, and to go back to Courtney Smith, I mean that, that the <laughs> notion that she's being not forgotten, but it's almost like overlooked as the focal point of what is really happening in this story. It was also demonstrated when urban Meyer st- st- took stage and got to the press conference and failed to even mention her by name until a, a member of the media directly asked him what would be your comment to her. And to which he responded, I'm sorry, we're in this situation. Are you, are you out of your fucking mind? It's incredible. That, that should be the last thing that, at least enters your brain and then comes out afterwards. It's, it's absolutely awful and, and disgusting. And speaking of awful and disgusting, the big 10, I mean, they've had a banner off season uh, because Maryland's Jordan McNair uh, died and he ended up dying during a workout. He got heat stroke during this workout. And what really makes it, absolutely insane is that i mean it's something out of the junction boys and the old bear bryant days where you're not allowed to drink water and we're going to try to kill you like literally try to kill you to make you tough um he passes out nobody bothers to take his temperature nobody bothers to say hey this looks like a sign of heat stroke nope and if they had done any of that he probably would have lived now he's dead and Maryland all of a sudden, and this is right on the heels of everything going on with Ohio State as well, to where uh, even Muschamp was like getting on the media's case saying, no, you can't use anonymous sources against, I know DJ Durkin, and he would never be anything like this. Okay. For the Big Ten liking to be on their high horse about their prestigious conference and the old legends and leaders, not looking so great right now. I mean, legends. I mean, legends. Uh, what kind of legends are we talking about here? I mean, if, if, if anything, this is a legendary level of neglect in this in this offseason. I mean, it's the kind of thing. DJ Jerkins situation in particular is one of those ones that we, we've seen this situation happen in, in college football. Not not a few years ago, a player at UCF died of a similar situation. Um, it's just a matter of what what really the ownership or the the, um, the accountability that follows, right? It's it's whether or not there are people in place within the actual leadership roles in the organization that are willing to recognize like, okay, this was a failure. Um, this was a problem. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a life. This isn't mm-hmm. about games. This isn't about records. This isn't about books or any of that bullshit. This is about someone being dead. 
a young man in the prime of his life who was now at, a, at an institution of higher learning, trying to propel his, his future and was probably and it was absolutely entrusted by his parents into the care of these coaches. And they turned around and, you know, and, and, and let him die, essentially, at, at their hands. But then the fallout that follows from that is, is really the problem is because then you have coaches coming out and basically saying, stop using anonymous sources. Ah, I know the guy. He's better. It's like, do you know the guy? Because the dude's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't change that fact. <laughs> and then, the, you know, the strength coach is the one that has to fall on the sword. He gets, you know, he was on administrative lead. He gets fired. Yeah, he got paid like a motherfucker to get out of there, but he got paid. Exactly. Yeah, it was. He was asked to leave with the golden parachute in the midst of all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's again, this is some of those things that just makes this sport is wonderful. It's stupid. It's dumb. But sometimes it is so sleazy, so skeezy. Yeah. Like, l- let's really break it down. If we're really actually breaking this down into wins and losses, let's be honest here. You're fucking Maryland. Yeah. You're not yeah. even going to win the Big Ten this year. It's not yeah. going to happen. You might upset yeah. Texas again. You might upset somebody in the Big Ten here and there. At the end of the day, you're hoping to be bowl eligible. Right. So what the fuck good does it do to literally run somebody to death in yeah. the heat? It, yeah. What, what's the competitive the advantage? No. Yeah, what's the competitive advantage? Where, do you see Alabama doing that? Do you see Ohio State doing that? You, do you see, no. Like, that shit doesn't happen to Clemson. So what are you doing wrong? You know what I mean? At, at, at a certain point, you have to recognize that you're just being negligent. Yeah. And it's we've learned better since those days. It, it, huh. Doing all the 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 tough guy macho bullshit does nothing but harms people and harms health this is not good you look at all those old school players that are nice and tough they're fucking mangled right now it's not a mess yes and it's because not just of that we know a lot more about safety with you know concussions collisions the equipment itself has gotten better to actually let people's bones stay in one place and go look at an old school lineman and see if they have like a finger that's not broken on their hand look at their hands okay (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so All right. A little bit, man. I don't even know whether this is lighthearted. This is, again, insane. It's weird. It's weird. So I'm going to try to pronounce this uh, gentleman's name right. I believe we have uh, Santino Marcol. Marchiol? Uh, Mar- I, I would say Marchiol. Marchiol, yeah. Okay. That sounds good to me. All right. So he transferred from Texas A&M over to Arizona. Now, in the midst of him trying to make sure he could be eligible, because that's all the rage, unless you're a low high Gilbin, you get fucked by the NCAA. Yep. He decided to throw Jimbo Fisher under the bus because he claims, and Dan Wolken of USA Today reported this, that he witnessed, quote, behavior that made him uncomfortable, including, he asserts, with an assistant coach giving him cash to host top recruits on unofficial visits. Martial also said that he and other players were evaluated in June practice sessions that were allegedly voluntary, but were operated and observed outside the NCAA rulebook. Now, two things. One, I'm just going to get the second half of that out of the way. That shit happens everywhere. Everywhere. I remember Charlie Wise saying it's like it's it's optional voluntary or voluntary optional or no, uh, optional required workout. So there was a strength coach in there just to make sure nobody killed themselves. Cause you have to have an adult there, but the coaches mm-hmm. weren't there, but everybody yeah. knows that those are actually required workouts. So I, I, I kind of will trust that as far as I can throw, which isn't very far. Now the yeah. giving cash thing, that's pretty juicy. Yeah. Giving him cash. 
directly. him cash to give to other people. So he's being used as the bag man. Yeah, he's the he's the fall guy, basically. That's so, so he's <laughs> if this is true, that is such an incredibly stupid way to cheat. I I mean, <laughs> I mean, not does, only does, does Jimbo, does, he's in Texas now. Like <laughs> there are more boosters than there are fans. Like use one of them. <laughs> and you're in. Look, I'm an Aggie fan. I love that campus. I love that university. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. There's not people like dropping in that. I mean, you could fly under the radar there so easily. It's 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 not hard. So it's like here. Yeah. Uh, so I, I doubt this because of how dumb it sounds. But after all the old Miss details, I don't doubt anything now. You never know, man. Anything is possible now. Because my other reaction is one: this is the dumbest possible way to cheat. Two: what's to say this kid didn't pocket it? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, oh definitely gave it to their crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally told him. Yeah, absolutely. Two hundred bucks. Totally. Nope. Yeah. It's yeah, weird. and, and there's weird. other things this could be. It could actually be a legitimate per diem. It could look really weird but i mean it's unofficial so there shouldn't be any per diem or anything like that look dude <laughs> when you when a coach gives a player cash money and says hey man <laughs> per diem or whatever also you're gonna host a bunch of recruits and it would be super awful oh what a, what an inconvenience it would be if they happen to fall upon some money let me know how that goes that's only one thing there's <laughs> there's no thing you know like no cat no coach is being like here you individual player here's your per diem from me personally yeah no. So, I mean, who knows if any of this is valid at all, but this story has another twist because, again, nothing, everything's got to be dumb. Everything, and and the three, this this is the last one that we're covering before we get into actual football, and they're all just the dumbest stories. So, the Dallas Morning News, my local newspaper here, reports that it came out and he was caught on video using racist terms to describe his former teammates. And it's one I can actually say on the podcast. It's still terrible, but he was referring to his fellow teammates and you can guess which race they are just by the connotation of this word by monkeys. How he's on tape and it's been floating around for a while. So again, in the line of stupidity, if you're going to sit there and, and go dime out your old school, Dude. You better make sure they're not skeletons in your own closet, you idiot. Yeah, you might want to check. I mean, dude, I, how does this keep happening? Like, it is 2018. These kids' whole fucking lives have been on smartphones by now. Like, their entire goddamn lives. Like, how do they not recognize? And it's this like, it's worse. <laughs> I, I think of Tunsil when he had uh, he decided yeah, to take a picture the with the bong gas mask. I, there's just I am so happy that this shit was not around when I was in college because God knows there was enough oh, yeah. embarrassing photos of me in college that the managers oh, yeah. had something called the rag. I still have this and it is embarrassing photos. It, it is meant to be a roasting guide. Oh, nice. Yeah. I can only imagine how bad that shit is now that everybody's got a fucking high definition camera right in their hand. This thing has, there's got to be like a whole website for this stuff now. For I just doing don't that get shit. it, man. Like you would think if you're going to go out there and basically put yourself out there in a, in a, in a position that where, you know, this is high value information. This is like top story stuff. Like if you're, if you're saying something that's true, it's going to be reported on. Don't you think you would be like, oh, maybe I should check all of my accounts and with all of my friends like, hey, man, is anybody going to is anything going to come out because I'm about to be in the news? Like, that's just that should just be standard protocol. 
But, nope. <laughs> nope, not so much. Uh, but yeah, so uh, and it's almost full circle because he was part of someone's last recruiting class. Mm-hmm. So he went back to play for someone in Arizona. Now he is not playing for someone because he was kicked off the team because you can't keep somebody around like that. Because Can't remind the fact that some, like so Kevin, someone's an African American. <laughs> yes. Like, are you kidding me? Like what the hell? <laughs> Which also goes to like what kind of because you know in situations like this there is rarely one isolated idiot there's a culture thing that's happening around there so someone i'm thinking clearly doesn't give a shit yeah (laughs) yeah have fun in arizona because man this is going to be all kinds of dicey all right enough with the news are you ready to talk i have to be i have to we have to i have to announce i have to say i am proud of us we did not talk about baylor Oh, because we could have, and we would, nope, 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 nope. We're (laughs) not not doing it. Um, You ready to actually talk about football? Do I ever? Well, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer because we're going to attempt to pay a couple bills here. (laughs) Uh, So uh, you remember last time we were talking, and you might be going over to South Bend this weekend. By now, I'm sure everybody's got their housing in order, but some of y'all, I mean, Shane, I know we're trying to get you up to campus. Have you ever mm. peeked around how much a hotel costs at a football oh weekend? First of all, unattainable. I've checked. <laughs> I've checked multiple years, like months out, zero, sold out. But then pricing, 500, 600 a night, ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I will remember, remember, I went to Georgia kind of mm. last minute and I could not use Rent Like a Champion. I wish I had because I had to stay all the way out in fucking Portage. And there's nothing around there. It was beautiful, beautiful, mm. beautiful place. But it, it was, I could not go to the backer. Now, with Ring Like a Champion, you got loads and loads of houses. You're probably a little too late to book now, but if you're going to be heading out there later in the season, I'm going to put a little link here in the chat. Uh, So go ahead and give that a click. That is our official affiliate link. You can also find that over at HerLittleSons.com. So if you're listening on the podcast, head over there, click on their banner, and also look. We're here to save you money because not only is this much more affordable, much more convenient than a hotel, we're going to give you $50 off too. There you go. So I know my voice sounds crappy right now, but the code is HLS and the number 50. That is HLS 50. Use that. We'll get you 50 bucks off of your rental. Rent like a champion. They've been featured on Shark Tank. They put money into local homeowners' pockets. You get to stay at a nice place. You could probably walk to campus. And my favorite part, you don't have to deal with a fucking dinner wait. Just go there, go nope. cook something, and you're gold. And you can keep your Hell drink yeah. on right after the game. Nice. All right. College football is here officially. Week one. We made it. We made it. But I mean, nationally, man, what the hell happened? Like all these week ones have been straight fucking fire the past few years. And yeah. like the Sunday game is going to be decent. The Monday game is going to be all right. But man, as far as Saturday goes, it's Notre Dame, Michigan and Washington, Auburn. I mean, that's really the like big marquee. That's about all we got. I mean, pretty much. It's a weirdly thin slate this year. Um, in terms of, not, it's obviously there's all, all the games are playing, but I mean, like in terms of ranked and quality opponents, if you want to call it that or what have you, uh, marquee matchups. You don't really have a lot going on, especially for the first actual Saturday. You know, right. like that's the day that people are spending their whole days with ass stuck to the couch. You know, beer, chicken, all this shit. They're just, just committing to the entire ritual. Um, 
but yet you have, I mean, like you said, the, the slate's kind of thin. Washington-Auburn, obviously a huge matchup. Everybody needs to be watching that game. Notre Dame-Michigan, obviously we're all here for that. That's why we're, you're listening to this podcast. Beyond that, kind of crickets. Yeah, it really is. Thank you, Adobe, for telling me you've been updated. That that was worthwhile in the podcast. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, yeah. So Washington Auburn. I mean, that game. I am going to be as tuned in as I can for this going on. And this is really. I wish the staggering had been a little bit better <laughs> mm. because um, I'm gonna, like. I think for the second half of it, it's what's going to overlap with Notre Dame and Michigan. But that's a game with huge playoff implications. And like I right. said with Eddie for Washington, man, it feels like an, a, a no lose situation. You win, Basically. you are in the driver's seat in the Pac-12. You lose, yeah. now you got to win the Pac-12 to still get in the playoff, and you're still the favorite. Auburn, yeah. on the other hand, you got it's must win. You got to yeah, fucking win everything because there's Alabama waiting in the wings. It's must Georgia. win every week, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So their schedule's a lot tougher. Their road's a lot tougher. And, and really, uh, the the two things I'm looking at in that game is um, what kind of Jake Browning are we going to see? And he feels like he's been there forever. Um, and you know, first, yeah, for Stidham, I mean, this is his chance to to really see if he's gotten everything together. Transfers from Baylor, Auburn's yeah. like finally have a quarterback, and Auburn lived and died with him. Anytime he had under fifty percent completion percentage, Auburn lost. Yep. So absolutely lived and died. So if he gets it together, it's a weird parallel of storylines for teams I follow of looking if they have a fucking quarterback or not that can actually <laughs> play football. It's God, kind please. of irritating, I must say. Yeah, it, it's exhausting. That's what it is. I mean, I, I look, so long as Chris Peterson can put together what he's been building in, in Washington and, and pull out. I mean, look, Auburn in ranked matchups, right? In, in, in week one, ranked matchups are one in seven. <coughs> not great. Time. Not great. Not great. Whereas, you know, Chris Peterson right now, Washington's one and one, but, you know, he was mostly successful at Boise. Um, you know, so long as he can maintain that level of success, if he can clear this hurdle, it's pretty much smooth sailing. I mean, there's going to be a couple of tough matchups here or there, but I mean, he pretty much dodges all the major bullets. Now, Auburn's situation is totally different. Like you said, I mean, pretty much no matter what, they're going to run into the Alabama, you know, buzzsaw. Um, but yeah, if they can start the season off right, um, and basically put themselves in the driver's seat to win the Pac-12, then there isn't really much else to be done there. I mean, at that point, it's Stanford and, and USC are going to have to try to avoid cannibalizing each other to, to keep it competitive. Yeah, and that's going to happen in week two. And Washington yep. gets to avoid a lot of the big boys in the South, so it lays out very favorably for them. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, Saturday, uh, I'm going to skip around in here on our outline. I mean, if you're interested yeah. in watching a murder, um, <laughs> Alabama is going to get to play a BVG defense. <laughs> yep. It's going to be a crime scene. It's going to be awful. Um, look, I, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm about to be. I want, I want Alabama. I want Alabama to 2012 Notre Dame it. I'm, I'm sure that may hurt a little too deep for some folks because I was there. I, I, re- I remember that, but I, I, I just... You know it's going to be hilarious. First of all, all all of the insanity that's been happening with with Louisville as an ins- institution, um, their Papa John saga, and oh Bobby god, Petrino. we didn't even talk about that bullshit. I don't need. Let's not. Let's yeah. not. Let's just assume that there's a girl that has you know a lot of regret about a night that she spent with Papa John somewhere. All right, let's do that and just leave it at that. Okay, <laughs> we'll name the stadium the morning after. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> So I just want to see 
what i just want to look really if 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 i want if i were to watch this game all i would want the camera to be locked on is brian bangor's face the whole game like that's it <laughs> tell me that wouldn't be prime television just him doing the <sighs> we, we need to have a mega cast with the bvg feed yes yes we do <laughs> there needs to be a camera trained on him at, at, at i don't know at cardboard pizza stadium um that just that just watches him the whole time because i think alabama especially you know nick saban by the second quarter is going to have a headset off he's going to be you know <laughs> he's going to be checking he's, his ipad he's probably going to be pissed because he can't still can't figure out which quarterback he's going to play <laughs> hey you see, you see the depth chart they released they would put tua or jalen hurts uh, yeah and, and but well in his defense either one of them can light a bvg defense on fire that motherfucker is making nearly a million dollars a season nine hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> this year like, nine hundred fifty thousand. do the tvs in louisville not fucking have nbc or, or, or the only game know. they must have watched must have been the last time notre dame played michigan because that is no. the only way you think bvg has a defense worth half a shit because it was exposed every which way no i i imagine papa john was like bvg that sounds like soft <laughs> yeah we hired that guy Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put some BBG on that pizza. Oh God! All right. Well, I mean, some other good stuff. I mean, Miami LSU will be an interesting game. Yeah, um, that's the Sunday game. Yeah, that's going to be the Sunday game. So, yeah. I mean, for me, the storyline's there. Let me know what you're going to be looking for, Shane. But it's can Miami keep building off of? I mean, they had a good run last year. They absolutely did. Yeah. Uh, but on the other side, you have Coach O, who's LSU doesn't seem to have their footing. Coach O has one year fires Matt Canada already off of bat. So now you're still trying to find an offense, still trying to find a quarterback. It seems like not much has changed at LSU. Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, LSU has Joe Burrow who came from what Ohio state. Um, I'm not sure. The thing about it is like, I'm sure Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. I just, I always feel like when quarterbacks end up at LSU, it's just, well, that, that doesn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's this weird I mean, obviously LSU is known for their running backs, their running their run game, their strong defenses, and their incredible cornerback play. But quarterback has always just been like a I mean, we have one, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there's somebody so, there on the position. <laughs> yeah, and I mean if you if you're if you're if you if you ask me, I would just say that where what Mark Richt has done with his entire career outweighs most of what I expect to see from LSU in this game, um, especially riding the momentum of what they did last year. I mean, Miami smoked the shit out of Notre Dame and it wasn't an accident, you know, like they were actually a really good team. Unfortunately, um, I just don't know how much LSU has put together, especially with a new transfer quarterback. I mean, it's going to be tough, you know? Absolutely. All right. Well, there's one more game. I think this one's heavily on your radar, Shane. What, what do you got going on? What else is cooking for you? So the other defending national champions, Officially recognized by the NCAA as of what this week, UCF will be playing, I don't know, some team in Connecticut, but um, they'll be the, playing. The, the civil conflict is back. <laughs> the civil conflict is back, but the trophy isn't because no one knows where it is. Is <laughs> Bob Diaco took it to Nebraska and then he got jettisoned from there too. No, oh no, he's still there. It, no, Scott Frost, yeah, kicked his ass out. That's, yeah, Scott oh, Frost put it, put it in the upper deck of one of the toilets and just walked away. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. I don't know that I'll actually be able to watch this game, but I just like to know that on on Thursday night, UCF has exclusive prime time. Plus, UCF is what they're ranked twenty one, twenty first right now. I mean, we'll see if they can maintain it. You know, Mackenzie Milton, dude, the dude lit up college football last year. The dude was incredible last year. Um, definitely riding that wave 
off of the, uh, you know, the Blake Bortles, I guess, if you will, stable of quarterbacking right now, which is weird. UCF has never really been known, had never been known for any quarterback except for Dante Culpepper. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, it's weird to have this re- revitalization. But um, I, I'm excited to just see what UCF can do with this season now that Scott Frost is gone and now that they have to kind of rebuild, if you will. But UConn, I mean, they just, they, all they have to do is show up. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be, I, I'm excited to have football back. Yes, the yeah, games man. suck. There's there's still going to be craziness that happens because it's week of one. Of course. Everything's going to go topsy turvy, and we're going to have a hell of a lot of fun recapping it uh, back here on Monday once everything the, the dust settles. All right, let's get to it. Notre Dame yep. and Michigan. Uh, the, we got to cover the most important bit of news, though. Uh, Notre Dame Stadium, and I'm hoping this is on the heels after hearing that Harbaugh thinks chicken is a nervous bird. There's a Chick-fil-A in the stadium now. Yep. I'm bitterly (laughs) disappointed. (laughs) This is so great. I cannot believe that. You know what? The food options at Notre Dame Stadium are so much better than when I was a student. There's a taco stand there somewhere now. Uh, The food I had there, I had generic stadium food. My wife had like a a Philly cheesesteak thing. It was great. Uh, Mm. So game has been stepped up. But Chick-fil-A, look, the fact that it's that far north in an actual stadium I'm I'm impressed. I'm I'm yeah, super jealous. When I go to a game, hopefully I'm around that Chick Fil A because that will definitely be what I consume out there. Part of me greatly hopes that the play cards just have a bunch of Chick Fil A menu items all over them. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna run the spicy chicken deluxe. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Six pack nuggets. <laughs> Twelve pack nuggets. Fresh lemonade. Fresh lemonade. <laughs> oh God. But it's great. I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't I can't speak for firsthand experience, obviously, because I've never been to the stadium. But, you know, I mean, I, I practically live next to Chick-fil-A. So, I mean, I, I totally <laughs> I appreciate the, the, the great food that they're providing. And of course, the taco stand and all that. It's just it's just it's almost poetic that the universe lined that up in right after Harbaugh's. Oh, I don't eat chicken. Chicken's a nervous bird. Yeah, it's perfect. It's too good. So, you know what? I I don't really want ads to be run in Notre Dame Stadium. But if we were to make a one-time exception. (laughs) Yeah, it it would be just a giant picture of the Chick-fil-A with a cow that just says, you're nervous. Or just have have the cows bring in the fucking game ball. (laughs) The cows, no, no, no. The cows need to, like in the commercial, parachute the fucking. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Land on all fours. Right next to Harbaugh. Right next to Harbaugh. Here you go, buddy. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Okay. All right. Enough fucking around. We we had to talk about that. Look. Notre Dame, Michigan, uh, on the injury front, Notre Dame's pretty clean right now for injuries, at least according to Brian Kelly. Um, all we know with Dexter Williams is that he will be dressed and on the sidelines. If he yeah. plays, it will be the best troll job ever by BK, but it ain't happening as it's far as anybody can tell. Uh, Tariq Black, who uh, helped convert some very, very painful things in the uh, little NCAA sim that we did here on Twitch. Uh, He is injured. He broke his foot last season. Now he broke the other foot. So that's just all kinds of terrible luck, but that's a major player out uh, and major target for Shea Patterson to throw to. Yeah, expected to be their leading receiver right now. Absolutely. Uh, So that's what we're laying out here. And, And Shane, I'm interested to get your take on this because 
Uh, a lot of people would have been very happy if this game had never happened again. I mean, there was an absolute perfect ending of 37 yeah. to zero. Yep. Remember the six. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm almost coming at this from a different angle because right now, Notre, uh, not Notre Dame, I'm sorry. Michigan's future is so heavily tied to Harbaugh. That contract mm-hmm. is such a boat anchor to where yep. his seat logistically cannot be hot. No. But if he ends up having a shit season that starts with Notre Dame beating yeah. Michigan, that yeah. because the recruiting classes, it was cute and funny, and then he didn't win, and now all of a yeah. sudden the recruits are sliding. So Notre Dame has a chance here to put a yeah. serious nail in Michigan's coffin that could help fuck them over for years. I'm kind of all for that if we can manage to pull this one off. I think so too. I mean, like uh, everyone says, and I was actually listening to Shutdown Fullcast earlier today, and one of the, the phrase that they used was Notre Dame fucked up, right? They 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 had the perfect <laughs> ending, oh, but yeah. then they were like, ah, fuck it, we'll play again. Why not? You know, but I, I think you're right. I mean, like the, the, the point is isn't like, okay, let's just cut and run. Like it's not about, you know, like it's not about basically like, you know, lighting a match, throwing it in and walking away from the explosion, you know, like a cool action guy. It's more <laughs> so it's like you have to consider that what what Notre Dame wants to do is they want to play these prime opponents. They want to p- play these top tier opponents, and Michigan has become that again. They've they've come back into that prominence just with the presence of Harbaugh. But yeah, like you said, the the years are starting to wear on. I mean, we're now in what year four of Harbaugh? Mm-hmm. Year three, maybe? I year four remember. right now. Yeah, year four, and and, <laughs> and like you said, the, the the losses started to pile up. They've been finishing third or fourth in the Big Ten consistently. And you know they they can't they can't get the big one, which is Ohio State. They just can't. Now they can barely get Sparty <laughs> or Sparty. Yeah, Sparty with the miracle fucking uh, fumble returned. It, and then on top of that, you throw Notre Dame after the embarrassment last time, only to now get this rematch and get smoked again. That could cost Harbaugh a lot more than I think people realize. Not just because of what it means for the program in this season and all that, but just the eye, the public eye. He's never out of it. Yeah, you know, so he's going to be scrutinized triply. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just a huge gamble. It's like if you're sitting at a blackjack table and you just do this ridiculous, like you split the deck and you're doubling down like five different times and you just bust the dealer's ass and you just, you could be done for your entire trip, but you're sitting yep. there and you're looking at it and you take every last chip that you just won and you just leave it out there on the table. You're like, you know what? Let's fucking go again. I'm so, hitting on 20. Fuck it. Yeah. So. <laughs> It either works spectacularly and you have you're all of a sudden a high roller when you walk out of there or it ends poorly poorly where everyone's like, what the fuck did you just do? And now talk about a sour note to start your season on. You have to. That's that's the only loss you can take. And with the schedule not getting any easier, especially once you get to November and the crazy ass travel schedule. Damn, that's all kinds of rough to to sit there and go in there and expect a rebound. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not sure what to make. I mean, I, I expect this to be one of those games that it's like I don't know who's going to win. How? I mean, it it, it it doesn't necessarily always feel that way when you look when you examine the the, the team. But what, just considering Michigan's defense and everything, like this could kind of go in either direction. But you have to imagine that whichever, if anything, if anyone is going to gain more from winning this game, it's it's Notre Dame. I think obviously. I think Michigan has not necessarily like it's not that they're expected to win, but I think a lot of people are are expecting them to put it together, not to have this defense plus a quarterback. And I think most people write off Notre Dame just because it's so inconsistent, especially under Brian Kelly. 
but you know they have much less to gain out of doing that notre dame has everything to gain and mostly a little to lose it's the first game they can lose the first game and still make a run you know michigan on the other hand they have the buzzsaw no matter what yeah I mean, and the, yeah, they still have a Big Ten title to play for, but honestly, they're they're going to have to go on a hell of a run themselves to really run the table in the Big Ten because you have yeah. Ohio State, you have Wisconsin, and you got Nebraska that's just waiting to sneak up on somebody too. So there's yeah. a there's a lot floating around out there. It's by m- no means a cakewalk. So <clears throat> now, one thing Michigan does have going for them is and it's the big storyline because this is probably the oh good god this is probably the best defense that notre dame is going to face all season they have yep. two absolute monsters on the ends and yep. it, i mean and the secondary is terrifying and when you have an inconsistent yeah. quarterback it's beyond terrifying yeah and, and that's it's it's the don brown effect i mean don brown has proven already that he is perhaps one of the better defensive coordinators that's you know, that not everybody knows right now. Um, they, they have a suffocating defense. It's just going to be about whether or not th- this, this, I guess, retooled Notre Dame offensive line can make something of that. If they can hold at the point and just give Wimbush enough time to go through his progression, uh, even to the first two, that, that can make all the difference. Uh, and then on, the, on, on, on top of that, like, their defense is going to be designed to try to disrupt the pacing of Notre Dame's offense, especially in the secondary. Their corners play hard press constantly. They are very, very aggressive at the line. And so long as the Notre Dame wide receivers can make something of that, can beat them over the top or just, you know, use their size advantage as they should, then things can get interesting. But that's the, that's not the expectation. The expectation is that Notre, that Michigan's defense is going to be a problem. So now that means what is Notre Dame going to be able to do on offense, which is Notre Dame's big fat question mark. (laughs) Exactly. And like you said, with all the press coverage that's going to be happening, look, I know we're all worried. Can Wimbush complete those swing passes and screens? You really don't want to do that shit against Michigan because they're already up on the line. So you're asking for it. Yeah, Yeah, you're asking for it. So (laughs) it really becomes a matter of can Boykin and Claypool really use their size to their advantage, especially Claypool, because if Claypool and it's interesting to hear the narrative churn to is he really into it is he you know does he oh, have yeah. those traits as brian kelly likes to say and yeah. all of a sudden everybody's talking glowingly about him so if he has turned this corner that everybody's pointed at <laughs> they absolutely need that to happen yeah yeah i, I mean so, and then not to mention that we are we aren't even factoring in which is it's going to be a, this is going to be I, I think this is the one that's going to be an even split michigan heavily depends on their offense on their tight ends but notre dame apparently has <laughs> the next the next kyle rudolph in the wings and cole Komet, who has superseded alizé mack right. now as the essentially the number one tight end now it's going to become how do they how do they get accounted for like you know on both sides the linebackers are going to be relatively undersized in the matchup um, so it's going to be no matter what. I think both offenses are going to lean on that. It's just a matter about how, a matter of how they adjust to actually answering that. So if Notre Dame can take advantage of their outside wide receiver size and their tight end play, you know, in conjunction with the read option and RPOs or what have you, there's a chance to at least keep Michigan's defense off pace, keep them slightly trying to have to constantly adjust or make slight adjustments. That's enough, I think, to disrupt the game plan. Don, Don Brown's not an idiot. He, he'll figure it out and he'll make adjustments, but it's enough to at least give Notre Dame the momentum 
they need to give Brandon Winters co- uh, confidence and to get the running game going and maybe make something out of what's supposed to be nothing. Right. And, and quite frankly, I, I, it's got to happen. Wimbush has yeah. got to come. He's got to play, but he doesn't have to sit there and bomb it everywhere. He's right. got to be able to keep him off balance. I think about when Wim, one of the best games Wimbush played last season was when he walked into Michigan State. And they yep. just like, all right, we're loading the box. We know what's going to happen. And again, like Dan Brown, Antonio's not an idiot. Okay, we yep. know what you're going to do, and we know how you're going to have to beat us. And we're betting you can't do it. And on that night, when Bush could absolutely do it, he made right. him pay. The defense loosened up, kept him off balance. Now you got to, because RPOs are useless if you're just going to be like, screw it, just go right after one Bush because he's going to panic and throw it away, or we're going to get yeah. him. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, that's really Notre Dame. I mean, Wimbush has to come in there. And and I know so much was made out of it. And the quote really wasn't even out of context. It's just everybody kind of grafts on uh, to that. You know, both QBs can play. But I'm just thinking of this as this is what happened in the title run, man. And everybody seems to be okay. I I read Pete Sampson in The Athletic today in his mailbag and say that he really gets the impression that, one, Kelly knows he screwed up the Zaire Kaiser thing. But, two, the locker room was really divided. This time around. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this time around, both people know the roles. They're comfortable with it. And if either one plays, they're going to be fine, which is huge. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of the, what Tommy Reason and Everett Golson had. Yeah, no, Golson, exactly. Golson always got a shot again. And, yeah. and that seems to be at least where we're going with in this QB situation. I think we're actually, you know, for all the freak out, which. It's funny because I didn't even hear about this until like the, like a day or two ago. Mm-hmm. But for all the freak out that that came of that one comment, like do, people seem to lack the perspective that Everett Golson and Tommy Reese were fire and ice. Mm-hmm. They were opposites. They were complete opposites. At least Wimbush and Ian Book's skill sets are kind of complementary. Like they they share the ability to run effectively. They share the ability to throw better. But, you know, the, each one has their strength. Wimbush is the better runner. Ian is the better passer, mm-hmm. which is not a problem because they can both do both. So I don't see any reason why this timeshare, if managed effectively a la Cincinnati, you know, with, you know, uh, um, I forget the quarterback's name. Whatever. It's uh, Calaberos or something like that. And I that Caleros. There you Caleros. go. And I forget the other quarterbacks. Pike? But it's a Pike? Brian Kelly can do it in, in a program like Cincinnati. Right. Where there really isn't the expectation to light the world on fire and they're not recruiting at that level. I can I can't imagine that with all these the the, the, the weapons that are in place and all the different preparation that they've done, that there's going to be any any skipping of beats by, by switching them out. I feel like the, the team is, is kind of used to that. I mean, they, they, they worked in LSU. You know, I mean, it's not something that. It worked at UNC. They they are prepared to follow Ian Book or Brandon Wimbush, and all they want to do is win. And I think that's a better situation than 2012. It, it absolutely is, and it's a better situation uh, than than 2016, which went all oh. kinds of wrong in every which way. And, sure. and and quite frankly, you know, we're in year nine of Brian Kelly. We've been waiting for this. I mean, like you said, it, it's almost it feels like. A hundred years ago that Brian Kelly seemed to plug a fern in a quarterback at Cincinnati and would get a win. And yeah. it's like, well, where's that been in Notre Dame? Because 
only in 2012 has it really looked anything close to that to the yeah. point to where Tommy Rees came in when uh, Golson got dinged up on the road at OU. He comes in third and long, throws one pass and goes right back out. But he converted the ice in his veins, converted the first down, did his job. Purdue, yep. he saves Notre Dame's ass in that game. Yep. <laughs> they went back and forth in that crazy ass pit game. Yeah. And, and that's really more along the lines of what people expected. But let's be honest, Ian Book is a little bit better than Tommy Rees. I know the comparison is yep. easy to make there, but Book's got a lot more talent and it's been yep. very apparent. So, and a rocking arm. Jesus. And, and I'm wondering, look, I, I know Rees justifiably gets a lot of flag for being a quarterback coach with very little experience at a very prestigious university. This this triggers Eddie like none other. But I'm almost wondering if that's like the purpose of him being here. Is like, that's why. Yeah. That's got to be the reason because I tell you what, I don't know if I I really want him teaching quarterback mechanics or any of that shit either. Like he's good yeah. at pre-snap reads and knowing how to sit the bench if needed and how to yeah. teach somebody that attitude. It's like, he's there to be like, all right, this is everything I fucked up. All right. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> These are all the things that did not go well. Don't do exactly. this. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I really hope that he brings more to the table than that, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, it almost seems like who better to actually coach somebody in that situation. Now, I don't think yeah. Rees would have saved the Kaiser Zaire thing. I think that was doomed from the start. And Brian Kelly know. really needed to say, hey, this is Kaiser's thing. Uh, I can't do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Zaire. And then, you know, the proof was in the pudding. Zaire fell apart everywhere he went afterwards. I, so. think, I think Brian Kelly fell trapped to the a season with uh time when he was on camera directly telling Malik Zaire's parents, this is his team. This is his team. You Man, know what I mean? Like, I hope not because that, that does not say a whole lot about Brian Kelly. And yeah. I just think he didn't realize that it was, he just had to say no. I, he knew, I think he realized that he just couldn't. I, I, it just, I don't understand how else to explain it. How, how he couldn't say no to Malik, but yeah, like you said, Malik felt com- collapsed. I mean, he, he transferred to Florida to ride the bench and then just stayed, you know, and it, it won't be a 2016. We are in a better position. Well, we have. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the first time there's a returning starter since Tommy fucking Reese at quarterback. I mean, a, 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 a surefire, no controversy started. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think yeah. that's fair because I was like, well, technically Kaiser, but it, um, there was no clear one. A there wasn't even one A and one B. It was yeah, the no, or yes, in or. the depth chart that we were just making fun of with Alabama. Right, it was an or, and and that that meant a bunch of wasted time in fall camp, a bunch of wasted time in spring camp. Like none of that. We're not worried about any of that. It's Brandon Wimbush's team. He's going to start, and then if if Ian Book is needed, he'll play, and that should be fine. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't even seem like uh, it's not two separate playbooks. Like you said, they're complementary. Nope. Now, you know, even Brian Kelly said, look, you know, Book is not going to be able to run like uh, Wimbush can, and Wimbush is not going to be able to, in his words, spin the ball like Book can, even, even though, I mean, Wimbush Just is. Just say he's not as accurate. Just yeah, say he's not as accurate. Yeah, I, I think that's really, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, Wimbush has got a cannon, so where are you defining spin? I'm exactly. assuming accuracy. Uh, but it's not like the playbook's radically different. Now, are there going to be some plays you might trust Book more or might trust Wimbush more than the other? Absolutely. And mm-hmm. yeah, if Wimbush doesn't have the weapons that are his legs, especially in the red zone, Book probably starts. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. because then it's like, well, what else are you doing here? You don't you need the surefire completions, man. <laughs> exactly. And, and in that case, you're you're almost doing a Tommy Rees part two again. And yeah. and. and you need more dynamic options if you're going to be in that upper echelon that Notre Dame's trying to get to. So uh, a lot of words on the quarterback situation, but 
this is really what we've been waiting for. He's shown yep. improvement here and there. You hear a good report in practice and then you hear a bad one and then you hear a good one. So, yep. I mean, it's freaking go time now under the yep. lights. You don't get a chance to warm up. Nope. You're coming right out of the gate. So, and, and it's the, because if one bush performs well here, I mean, you just got to be able to sit him down. It's like, it gets fucking easier from here on out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Get past this one. I promise you it'll be easier. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if he can do good against this secondary and, and really if he can, because that secondary is so good, Michigan doesn't even have to stack the box because her front seven is so incredible. So yeah. then that opens up the front seven to do whatever the hell they want. And yep. that will just make them so deadly. So if one bush can keep them off balance, that is, that would make me feel so great about this season. Oh, yeah. I'm expecting a defensive slog. Like one thing yeah. I will ask people, anybody that's listening to the show, either right now live or who will eventually on the podcast. If the first few series go to shit, don't panic. Yeah. Unless Basically. the defense falls apart, then yeah, panic because we're down by a lot. And that's that's a shit show. But I, I mean, just because a few things go bad, it's not a reason to jump off a cliff because I'm expecting it. And if this isn't like lack of trust in Wimbush, I mean, you can put Joe Montana out there and I'd be a little bit worried about how he'd perform against this defense because they're that yeah. good. They really are that good. I don't like complimenting Michigan whatsoever, but their defense is fucking nails. I'm just like, if, if you're, if you're going to the first quarter, don't be surprised if you see four, three and outs. You know, within the first couple of minutes, it's sh that should be OK. Like mm -hmm. you should be worried if Michigan comes out and scores on a 75 yard run immediately. Or you should be worried if they score on a trick play instantly and everyone's just caught sleeping. Like because, you know, that's the that's been the bane of Notre Dame's defenses is that they aren't prepared for the big play or the trick play or the anything. So that would be concerning. But I, what you should expect is that Notre Dame's defense will be the superior unit to start the game because they will just have more ability to adjust to what's in front of them. Whereas, you know, the offense is going to everybody's going to have the deer in the headlights look because they're going to be against Michigan. It's going to be under the lights. It's going to be just the first game of the season. So there's going to be mistakes. It may mm -hmm. be a slow progression towards getting the offense rolling. But you also have to remember that that is essentially what they're going to look to do. It's going to be this lull that defense to sleep kind of thing. Get them trying to key in on situations and then try to burn them deep because that, you know, that's kind of how they have to start to get momentum rolling. You got these corners pressing and they're loading the box, really not loading the box, but they have a box that's stout. You know, they get one pass deep and that can kind of break open and spread out the defense. And now you can start to operate your game plan. Absolutely. And on the other side there, I mean, even turnovers, it's, yep. it's how did the turnover happen? Was it just an incredible play? And it's like, well, shit, that sucks. Now I don't want any turnover to happen, obviously, yeah, was but it Avon Coney USC at the beginning, you know, and just ripping that ball out of San Darnold's hand. Yeah, exactly. Are, are we not taking care of the ball? Did Wimbush yeah. just sail one so high that it falls right into somebody's hands? Basically that he uh, do a Robinson like what Michigan did the last time they played Notre yeah, Dame and he just Denard Robinson here you go <laughs> yeah let's let's just hand the ball off to everybody um yeah. th that that's yeah those are the causes for concern because uh, I, I mean, I've heard it on, even on from I think it's been an apt comparison that I've heard some other smarter folks than us make it's probably mm -hmm. gonna end up a lot like the Georgia game but hopefully Chip Long learned his lessons and has a better game plan yeah not throw the ball 40 times like like Pete Sampson <laughs> exactly but the the, the special <laughs> teams will be important you may have to make those 60 plus yarders to give Apparently the Irish an advantage 
Yeah. We're, we're going to see Ca- Captain Punter Newsom. He's going to be oh important. It's yeah. going to be, for lack of a better term, the game could be boring. It could be a pitcher's duel. It's sure. Now, if we get the opposite as hell, USC started with a three and out, and we know how that one turned out. But then again, yeah. Darnold helped out a lot. So you're almost hoping Shea Patterson implodes a little bit as well, because mm-hmm. really it's it's almost who's going to blink first, who's going to make the worst mistake. And I yep. really think if <coughs> that's really one of the big keys, if Notre Dame can really rock Shea Patterson out of any kind of comfort, because they're expecting Shea to give them an offense. Full yep. stop. Full stop. Yep. They're expecting him to be able to be the savior and deliver an offense. If he can't do it, oh shit, here we go again. And then the defense feels it and they finally crack. Yep. I mean, that's basically what you have to have is who makes the first mistake, who shows a sign of weakness first, or who shows signs of starting to lose their constitution, or, you know, the coach is starting to lose their composure. Anything, any small thing could change the d- direction of this game for both teams because it's going to be pretty, not evenly matched, but it's going to be pretty, uh, it, it's going to be pretty close. There's no, I don't think either team has a significant edge because they kind of offset each other, right? You have the Michigan defense versus the, you know, newish Notre Dame offensive line. And then the Notre Dame defensive line versus Michigan's pretty much garbage offensive line. So it's like, (laughs) it's, it's, it's who's going to offset who and who's going to cause who to crack first. I I suspect that Notre Dame's defense will be more disruptive than uh, against their offensive line than vice versa. But who's to say, you never know. Rashawn Gary could change that. Yeah, I had Rashawn Gary against uh, tackles that don't have a whole lot of uh, game experience compared to what we just lost. Uh, yep. Well, and not only that, I mean, you, you hit on a key note. Michigan's offensive line, if there is a big, big weakness besides what the fuck's going on a quarterback, it is that line. Are they even going to give Patterson enough time to be upright? Because yep. if this line supposedly is better than 2012, which is what the, the drum that's being pounded by the coaching staff, one, my pants are going to be off in a hurry if they're yeah. sacking him like crazy. Two, that, again, is going to pay so much dividends down the road because if Notre Dame can rush for four, talk about an easy job for year one as a defensive coordinator where you're like, I know, fuck, right? drop eight every single time. They can't stop yeah, they four. four. <laughs> yeah. Prepare all your Kareem, my pants jokes because they're apparently <laughs> Kareem. <laughs> <laughs> is going to be amazing. <laughs> oh so, God. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm unbelievably yeah. extremely pumped. I mean, so much so that I'm coming on here, hacking up along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for those that actually watch this, uh, through either live or on a replay, see me, you're like literally seeing me jump out of my seat with some of these coughs, but Hey, I'm, I'm willing to play hurt on this one because yeah, I've been looking forward to this. It's a mix of, of nerves and excitement. And uh, for me, some workplace bragging rights, because uh, I know he doesn't listen to that. He hadn't found this show or podcast yet, but we have a conference call in which I'm going to screen share your highlight video, Shane, of the last yeah. time these two played. I'm just going to yeah. kind of leave it in there and just say, so uh, last time <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, just absolutely rip them to shreds there. So they need to win because I'm talk a lot of shit yeah and i want to make another video like that <laughs> oh absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we get more to the, chicken dance yeah <laughs> i'm we'll gonna s- call it chicken dance part two <laughs> it's incredible we had the chicken dance and now yep. we got the look when chicken in michigan they, they apparently just don't mix 
I'm looking forward to that. In fact, I'm banking on that. The fact that chicken was mentioned is going to fuck them over. That's that's my belief. <laughs> it's going to f- forget the chicken soup game. It's the Chick-fil-A game. We put Chick-fil-A right. in the stadium and Michigan just cannot handle that shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's what I want. And I believe it. I, I think it's going to be a great game. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how, how this Notre Dame offensive identity evolves, especially considering that now the backfield is crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, they have Avery Davis, who's a, converted quarterback expect some you know double passes there maybe they have jafar armstrong was apparently running his ass off and they have tony jones who's there not <laughs> apparently not impressing a ton obviously he's contributed a lot and he's been a, a reliable back <coughs> the, the the perception is that you know even though he is the most tenured back jafar armstrong it wouldn't be surprising to see him become the future back by the end of the season mm-hmm. but all of this is to say i'm just really really interested to see how this coaching staff adjusts to now having a known commodity at quarterback. Now they know what Brandon Wimbush really is, and they can kind of adjust to that as opposed to trying to mold him into being something he wasn't, which at times I feel like they were stretching his skill set. You know, it seems like um, they've so admitted I, as much too in some of the yeah, press like conferences. They've I think Brian Kelly said that in his press conference. He's like, we just want him to be who he is and not what we want him to be. Um, and that they know what they have now. So with all of these knowns and the wide receiver core being, you know, a, a little bit more um, uh, varied as a, a little bit more dynamic, if you will, I'm just interested to see what the offensive identity becomes and whether or not they can achieve that against what's likely to be, like you said, the best defense that they're going to face all year. Yeah. And, and not only that, this is like we said, the, the benefit of this not being a strong week one slate is that there's going to be a shit ton of eyes on this game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is where you make it. And no matter what kind of playoff system we use, no matter what kind of ranking system we use, preseason rankings and early statements matter a lot yeah. because now it, it the bias is in there. So if Notre Dame makes a huge statement against Michigan and Michigan could end up being the same subpar team they've been throughout Harbaugh, yeah. they, they a lot of, you know, any projection you see is saying otherwise. So they're saying that, you know, this team has a chance at New Year's Six, has an outside chance at the playoff. Notre Dame's had similar hype, but a little bit less from the spread that I've seen for projections. I've seen them as high as the Rose Bowl, and I've seen them as low as a decent-ish bowl on the outside. Hey, man, ESPN picked them for their fi- their Final Four. I'm just saying. <laughs> and that, I, that is still crazy. I, I cannot even be that optimistic. But yeah. the, the, here's the thing. The, the lights are are on bright as they can possibly be. So it's year nine. Notre Dame can't shit the bed because yeah. it's, it's the end of Brian Kelly. I mean, they cannot fucking 2011 this goddamn game. <laughs> absolutely. Because if it does happen, if, if that does happen and it's, I'm not just talking about a, uh, well shit, we lost and it was a close one. No, I'm talking about if Notre Dame sh- pulls a Miami. Yeah. It, it's, it's God. Uh, yeah. This whole show will have a whole different tone to it, uh, yeah. but it's it's going to be bad. It's going to be rough. So it's time it's time to put up or shut up. Yep. <laughs> Need to see if there's a, the actual progression. Can Brian Kelly actually get a QB f- to progress? We haven't seen yeah. that shit either. He hasn't done that one year, not once. So I mean, this is the time if you're going to answer the question. You're you're out of time. I mean, you're out of excuses. Yep. <laughs> 
and I'm going to die in the middle of this, but uh, <laughs> I mean, you're going to run out of even the most patient fans, which I would put us in. If they shit yep. the bed, I mean, there's no other excuse we can point to. There's no, well, just wait and see. It's okay. There's literally nothing else you could point at at this point. It is yep. what it is. And everybody Brian else Dillon. has been right Done. for these past eight years. Yep. No, we've all just been very patient. We've all been very much like, okay, well, you know, he's in there. He's, he's, he's doing, you know, he's doing what he can. He's, you know, he had the one really, really bad year, but he hadn't lost less than eight games or more than eight. Or he hadn't lost more than four games up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there was still the faith that there, that you could have that mountaintop. And of course the 12, the, the, the 12 win season helped a lot, but now it's kind of like the time there's no more sand in the hourglass. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and you, and it's time to, to, to do something that actually proves that you're actually progressing towards something more constructive as new year's six win would, would even change something like that. But if we don't see it, if Notre Dame comes out and is flat and then is slow to get shit going against something like ball state, then it's a, then at that point, it's like, well, I, I I'm officially done. I, I back away from the support or from the, you know, the defense, I, I, at that point, I have no way to defend the, the notion that, yeah, Brian Kelly probably needs to move on and we need to keep going. Yeah, because there's always been these glimmers of hope that they figured it out and then something will happen and it's like, oh, well, it's late in the season. There's this, yeah. there's that. It's it's no, none of that because it's beginning of the season. Yeah. You're you're healthier than the other team. Yeah, already. <laughs> your, your quarterback is probably a better known commodity than the other team's quarterback. Yes, her defense yep. is good, but your defense it, not, it ain't too shabby. So there, this is a primo situation for you to, to prove it's different. And then you got to yeah. keep it going because you can't just win this game and then fall apart in the end of the season either. So don't get that twisted either. Anybody that's like, but November, yeah, they still got to <laughs> win in November too. And yeah. and that will also cause a different type of heartburn. But this is more of, you got to come out the gate strong because if you can't get up for fucking Notre Dame, Michigan, if you yeah. can't sit there, I mean, the speech writes itself and all you have to do is like, this is the 30th fucking anniversary of 1988 and yep. look where they started and look what they did. So yep. if Brian Kelly can't get that team to run through a wall when they're yeah. coming out of the stadium, I don't care if they're wearing blue jerseys, green jerseys, fucking purple and pink jerseys out there. They have to be ready to go. And if yep. they're not, Oh God almighty. And I'm not talking again, not talking if they go three and out, if they just look flat, if they have that deer in the headlights, look, you're at home. The crowd's going to be drunk as hell. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be awesome. And there's, there's rain in the forecast too. So we better not see any fucking hurricane bullshit. Throw the ball like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Sports weather. No, look, it's like you said, they got, they have to come out. They have to run through whatever imaginary wall they can make. I mean, if, there's going to be nothing more satisfying to me than watching them run out of that smoke tunnel and then watching Michigan sneak out of that little fucking corridor. <laughs> I still, I Sean Gary so said that man child is like, I can't fucking get through. <laughs> that, makes, you know, that, makes, that gives me so much joy, but they need to use this moment. They, if they, if they miss the moment, Brian Kelly will miss his tenure at, at Notre Dame. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I, I would it's agree. All right. Well, this is going to be a longer preview episode uh, than most. Uh, so because there is so much, I mean, one, we're pumped. It's it's fucking Michigan. And we are yep. we've been waiting to get back on the horse, do the real football talk. And we are just a couple days away. So I mentioned we're going to do something a little bit different with these shows. So we're going to have it structured like this. And now there's a lot to talk about in this game. 
as we go through the season there will be especially for the marquee games a lot more to talk about but let's be honest for a lot it's like ball state <laughs> they're in the be, same state that's all we got all right. yeah it's it's a game that's gonna happen so what we're gonna do is we thought we were gonna be able to get through the ncaa sims and and be able to show them as we went um it made a lot more sense as time was running short and it's like hey let's like treat this like hls game day so we're gonna yep. do kind of the news and preview show first not all of them will be an hour i promise because nope. the sim will take another hour and we don't have two hours of our own time to donate every nope. single time so <laughs> Uh, what I'm going to do on Twitch is I'm going to, if you're sitting here with us live still, I'm going to queue up a replay for Notre Dame, Michigan Sim. If you haven't seen it yet, you can catch it again. I'll make sure uh, to replay it at least one more time somewhere randomly, maybe early Saturday morning to get you pumped up or pissed off, whatever <laughs> you feel like, because uh, I won't spoil it. You'll have to watch it if you haven't yet. Um, yep. So we will do that. Uh, what we'll end up doing is uh, in the future, we will take a short break. We'll queue everything up get it going and it'll be kind of like the nice uh way to end it have a little bit of fun and, and be able to give you something a little bit different so i'm looking forward to that shane i know uh, that was so much fun doing that despite it the, the results <laughs> yeah oh, it's gonna be so good it's gonna be awesome and it lets us be more accurate because we'll know injuries we'll know weather yep. all that kind of crap so we'll get to have a little bit more fun it's beginning of the video game thing on friday i am officially kicking off extra life because apparently i don't want to sleep in the fall so so Somehow my voice is going to hold together just enough. I'll be kicking that off after my kids go to bed somewhere around 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. East. We'll go through somewhere about midnight, 1 a.m. is what I'm shooting for. We are already starting strong at $200. Now, the reason I mention this is because there's going to be a payoff even if you don't care about gaming at all. Mm -hmm. If we raise $4,000 because that's the goal. So... Any uh, there's there's effects in game. And if you're a gamer and in the Mass Effect series, it's it's uh, even numbers or Paragon on numbers or Renegade. And that'll be the tug of war. Now, if you don't care about that, know that every five hundred dollars, I'm going to consume a Mass Effect themed drink. And they're all pretty much fucking awful. So <laughs> some of these I'm worried that I'm going to vomit like live on stream vomit. I'm legitimately concerned as we get to those higher levels. But if we get to the $4,000 level, all of the even number donations is team porn stash. Cause I get a winter beard. I will have a porn stash. If we get $4,000 and we have even, I mean, and this is going to be around the holiday when this shit ends folks. Oh, I'm so team porn stash. Holy shit. Now, I, well, the other team is team flavor town. So for the odd donations, I will go full guy Fieri on us. <laughs> You're making this very difficult. Oh, that is the point. That is the point. So there is skin in the game. You're going to make me drink something awful, or you could give me an awful porn statue. And Mrs. Texas signed off on this. That is she only requested that if I dye my hair is like, please don't find something super permanent so it could get washed out quickly. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, you want to like the little blonde patch here in the goatee and all? <laughs> Yeah, I'm a full guy Fury. That dude like bleaches his whole face. So <laughs> yeah, well, no, but I, I do need to find like a, a like a flame race car striped shirt or something oh, as yeah. well. Uh, and I, I work in an office now, guys. 
So I have to show up to work like this, okay? And since I have a desk job now, I can get away with it. So we can do funnier shit than I could when I was out in the field. So Team Porn Stash for even dollar donations. Uh, team Flavor Town for odd, uh, odd, <laughs> odd number ending donations. It's going to be a lot of fun. Right now, Team Porn Stash is in a solid lead. So if you want to get to Flavor Town, uh, get those odd number donations in. This may be the last time we can remember the six. I'm hoping like we we beat them 50 to nothing or whatever so we can have a new fun donation to keep going (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's gonna do it for us folks i'm gonna get out of here before my voice completely gives out thank you for joining us here live on twitch.tv slash your little sons as always subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, stitcher google play music and podbean head on over to discord herlittlesons.com slash discord find us over herlittlesons.com email the show podcast at herlittlesons.com and as always, y'all, go Irish. Fuck you, Michigan. Fuck Have a you. good one, y'all.